Welcome back to What's Your 20 with Carl Figueredo. Today we're joined with uh, Brianna English, a choreographer extraordinaire. Oh, wow. I, I always say that, but I think that in this case, it's extremely true. I've worked with you on many of projects and you guys do some amazing, amazing, amazing things. Well... Thank you for that intro, first of all. I mean, I respect your game just as much. So, and I can't tell you how many roles I've seen you play, and, and this is by far my favorite. Oh, no, thank you for that. Uh, firstly, for a layman like me, what is a choreographer? What does choreography mean to you? Oh, well, in film and television land, choreography means um, storytelling with your body movement. And I think when you can partnership with a director that understands movement in a project, then you've met your match. And it's a beautiful marriage in a sense, right? Uh, there's a lot of people that don't understand how to translate, you know, um, a sequence from, let's say, a speaking role into the movement side of things. It's a, It's got to be an, a beautiful experience. So a choreographer comes in and will be able to manifest, um, you know, the extra amount of storytelling. Like, I think the most beautiful storytelling I've ever seen in my life is La La Land. Oh, it's a fantastic musical movie. Musical movie? Mandy Moore. Oh. Uh, a beast in our industry. Mm-hmm. She definitely took um, the art of storytelling and through movement and being able to do all the different layers that you do on camera and to make it all work seamlessly to <laughs> a beat and to uh, timing with a million dancers um, as well as the direction from her director and created that marriage, that beautiful magic that you see. Have you ever uh, been in an instance where there's no unison between yourself and the director and uh, where you've had to potentially, if they're giving incorrect direction for what you believe that they need, what happens in that situation? Yeah, it's it's kind of, um, we play this really in, interesting kind of dynamic on set because some directors want our full input mm-hmm. and some directors want just our simplistic, like, choreography, movement. Mm -hmm. That's it. That's all they want. And so for us, we have to kind of find the balance and find, it's like read your room almost in a sense right from the Mm get-go of finding that balance with your director. So yes, uh, I think as especially being um, an unrepresented woman on set can be interesting also, right? So not just on a choreographer's side, but also as a woman on set. I mean, we're a small percentage, which I think is starting to really shift and change as well, which I'm like, shout out to all (laughs) all the women, directors, producers, like all the powerhouses (laughs) that are treading through. I'm uh, congratulations uh, because I, you know, we'd love to hear Mm -hmm. your voice on set even more more. Um, But yeah, I think sometimes when you're having a director that particularly like knows exactly what they want, but then you also have sometimes these directors that know nothing about dance or movement Mm -hmm. and they literally go, the floor is all yours. Mm -hmm. When I hear that, it's like, music to my ears (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) let's face it i mean i am gonna go back to a mandy moore situation since we were talking about that Mm. you can't tell me that 
she didn't have any directing going on and any movement directing going on. So, and it's so funny because if you go into, like, I love using this as, like, a reference and not because of... Uh, yeah moment, but more like, wow, why didn't we get more recognition or credit? Mm-hmm. Um, so if you go onto IMDB and, and people at home, please do this right now because you're going to get a <laughs> kick out of this one, but also shocker. Um, if you look up her credits, yeah. right, and the recognition, and if you go in and see like where she sits on the IMDB list, mm-hmm. IMDB list, it will go from director, producer, like there's like a long list of like cast members to every little credit and da-da-da, all the way down. If you go to additional crew Mm. and you click on additional crew and then you go into additional crew and you go run all the way down, I think there's like accounting and different references that keep going all the way, all the way. Mm -hmm. You'll see choreographer Mandy Moore. Right. So it's, and it, let's face it, like, I know that the director had something to do with it, and I know that there's casts involved in mm-hmm. all the rehearsals, but you can't tell me that Manny Moore didn't have such a prominent uh, voice in that film. Mm-hmm. And I would love to see even just that particular change yeah. happen for the choreographer's yeah. angle, for the choreographer's side, because in my opinion, she probably did a lot of movement directing yeah. or directing. What is that movement directing? So, like, when you're on set and you have all your dancers, yeah, it's not. I'm sure it's not something as simple as like, okay, we're gonna two step here or box trot <laughs> here or <laughs> whatever the the terms are. It, no, there's how do you, so how do you do that much. I mean, there's so many things that go into it. For me, I never think about actually choreography at yeah. first. I think about camera angles and how the story can actually like what characters are involved and how to um, even showcase that. And I actually walk through on our previs or mm-hmm. I walk through with more camera vision mm-hmm. more than um, movement based yep. and story based I go storytelling movement um, camera based before even movement comes into play then once we hit that we usually go into more particular into the the counts the the eight counts mm-hmm. that you would go or the six if you're really interesting with your <laughs> musical instruments then you go into the six beat which is really confusing <laughs> feeling a little saucy if you're, if you're feeling a little saucy <laughs> uh, but let's hope not because that's really confusing for everyone uh so so once you go that then then as a choreographer now you're starting to you know with your with your an assistant choreographer, mm-hmm. let's say, or you know your dancers or your skeleton crew that comes in and kind of helps you set the piece, mm-hmm. then from there you can start to really see the magic of what you're trying to um, oversee. Uh, once you have that, there's so many layers. Once you have that as like kind of a sample, then you can send it to production, sure. and then you can shop it to production and try to sell your thought and your right, and they'll kind of go back and go no, this doesn't work for this reason, or maybe we can't showcase th- like this. Mm. Um, I've also had it where culturally you have to have a balance. I've been a movement consultant, which is an in a way interesting um, play, an area to play because you've got, let's say, since we're kind of talking union, we've got a union member that has to be mm. on set because yep. there's rules and regulations of having a non-union and a union person. So let's say as a choreographer. So in order to bring um, a particular culture maybe that is not currently in the union, in the Canadian union side, you know, they'd have to bring in a non-union choreographer, mm-hmm. right? And a particular cultural side. And then 
in order for the non-union member to come on set, you have to have your union member. Yeah a representative Mm -hmm. so now you have your like long-term representative and your non-union that's probably like one of their you know first union jobs Mm -hmm. working as a choreographer and i've had to play it where we're like in the movement consulting side which is an interesting one where you're trying to even balance let's say cultural differences Mm -hmm. so you're making sure that 50 50 percent of the movement is represented by the union and then the non-union choreographer and create that marriage together and make sure everybody's voices are heard. So there's also that side of things that I've played, which is quite interesting to be, to manage, you know, Um, uh, and depending on this particular one, they wanted 50% of one style and 50% of another style. Sure. And it wanted to be a marriage. So you really have to be a nice person in between and going, okay, like, I hear you, and I hear you, and now let's make a marriage. But also, there's a storytelling. Mm-hmm. Also, there's a director involved, yeah. right, so. that you have to please. <laughs> so once we get all of that system down, then we showcase it to yeah. the director. Once the director reviews, and then they go, well, we want this extracted, this put in, da 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 and you come to an, uh, an arrangement that that will work for. Let's say you're not working with dancers, you're working with actors, mm-hmm. right? So now you've got your skeleton crew that has to portray the actor that's standing in for the actor. And maybe they're not a dancer. So there's another layer of, well, will your choreography even work mm-hmm. on that particular actor? Because that's a yes, whole certainly. other... Working with, like, professional dancers, amazing. You can do anything. Yeah. You can do backflips and <laughs> land on people. You do whatever you want, right? <laughs> and they'll be able to finesse it and make it into something beautiful. Uh, and especially Canadian dancers. Canadian dancers ha- uh, technically, in my opinion, have a really strong connection to their uh, technical abilities on even the balletic or modern contemporary side. Um, and we've been strong for years, yeah. Like we've been we've been solid for years, so um, you know that's that's one area. So now you have to sell it. Now you've got your product. Now you go on set, mm-hmm. or you're in rehearsal with your let's say actors that are portraying this dance scene. Things may change, yeah. and then you have to really go on the spot and start to like really pick up the pace and understand who you're working mm-hmm. with. So when you're in a situation like that where something has to drastically change on the fly or I I mean, we've even been in situations that you're you're running out of time. We don't have enough time to (laughs) complete this movement. Is that something in your prep stages or your previous stages that you talk to your dancers and you're like, well, this is these knees. This is what we want to do. But this is the condensed version. Or I, I remember like on sets we've been in where you're like, this is where we're going from in the movement. And these are the things that we're going to quickly adjust. How do you operate in that fast space environment? Yeah. So for me as a choreographer, yeah. I've always been one to um, choreograph on the spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, although when you're dealing with dance teams of like 50 that I've done before, you always have to have like... Um, Uh, preset so a a game plan in place but I'm great on the spot a lot of people aren't they need more time so in that case I would always say like okay have an a b c d plan in your brain Mm -hmm. of what's going to happen and if you think that maybe even the dancers or performers or actors are not going to potentially pull that like position off mm. or that particular area of the the scene off, then have your B's, no. C's, and D's and actually 
verbalize and have a plan with your director if your director's open or secretly have a plan (laughs) (laughs) so that you secretly can slide (laughs) it in and then because you're working on a time restraint no matter what production you're on. I mean, if you're, you have a million, I mean, I don't know, like billions of dollars, great, Mm -hmm. awesome. Then you may have a little more. That would be lovely. But even (laughs) on the million dollar sets, you're still on a time restraint. They're still only going to have so much time to pull off this, uh, especially if it's a huge production, you know? So, yeah, I would say have your A, B, C, D. Now, your skeleton crew, your assistants should all know these A, Bs, and Cs. So Mm -hmm. if you can say, okay, this is not working, stop for a second, director's not happy, let's figure it out. You have to work on the spot and you have to sell on the spot Mm -hmm. as well, Mm -hmm. right? So that your director feels comfortable and trusts your vision. Mm -hmm. Uh, But also you have to sell it to the actors or the performers that are on set. So, you know, Standing up, being confident with your honest answer of what you think will work and rolling with it and knowing it. But for me, that's just, I think it takes maturity, all honesty. I think it takes maturity as a a performer of any kind to understand your tools and how to work it. It's taken me many years of trial and error on different, whether that's in the dance competition scene or whether that's just simply choreographing itself, um, to really understand visually how to make it all seamlessly be put together. You know, dancers are taught uh, from a young age to um, perform live. Mm -hmm. And we are taught in front of a mirror and we are taught how to perform directly facing forward. But when you're in a film and television industry, it's like 360. So you can't think one-dimensional. You have to think, you know, rounded. And so for us, for me especially, you know, thinking of how to manipulate my brain now and retrain it into this 360 frame of thought. I mean, hopefully your set has a 360 or you cheat it, right? You you camera cheat it. Uh, But you have to think circular, in my opinion, versus just the straightforward. So, you know, that took a long time. And I think maturity really plays a huge factor in I think in any area of business, to be all honest, you have to you have to have those moments where you feel like you didn't ace it out of mm-hmm. the park and do better and learn from kind of choreographically, like how to make so many people in one scene happen and yeah. what they're doing, whether it's just standing sipping on a cocktail and then they go into a dance scene or they're just simply walking through. Sometimes those little details really and the layers really add to every scene and really make that scene um, heightened Mm -hmm. versus just focusing on those like your number one and number twos or whatever you... Yeah, it's it's all those little things that happen also in the background that really bring together the film to life. I mean, I honestly... I have a really bad <laughs> problem of this, but when I'm on set, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the fine details. I'm looking at whether somebody's arm is, let's say you have an actor, principal actor in the frame. I want to know that no one's arm is peeking through the back of their head or yeah. if there's somebody that's like throwing my eye off of what I'm actually supposed to be looking at. For me, I want to know story-based wise mm-hmm. what I'm supposed to be looking at. So I am I've been known to video our monitors on set because, yeah. and I'll go into playback for me personally. Mm-hmm. I'm always there on a on a phone device, anything, anything I can grab. I grab my iPhone and I start videotaping everything. 
When I go back, it's a quick fix. I'll go back into that scene. I'll have them look and go, hey, you see right here? Can we adjust that a little bit? And then that really works. I think that's a very handy tool just in general because instead of explaining like, okay, remember on that fourth count of the fifth <laughs> section, uh, your hand went up like this. I want it to go down like this. It just takes yeah. more time. Yeah. And we don't have that time. And especially if you have a director that's going, you know, a lot of times choreographers are are looking at the behind the scenes, not at the principal and directors looking at principal lead, right? And for us, we're thinking about the whole visual itself. Mm -hmm. So for me, I want to be able to run over, make that quick change and run back. Now, let's talk union. Because if I was on a union set and I'm a choreographer and we've got a full, let's say we've got a full dance scene. Well, it depends on their budget because let's face it, if you've got 125 dancers, whew, that budget better be good. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> it's not like scrounge together everyone you can have. Like that budget better be something fierce and I I best be getting some really nice, really nice paycheck. Anyways, uh, but if let's say they have your five principal, dan- like five dancers, yeah. and you've got your main actors and then you have your background so for us as a union choreographer, and I'm actually not union, so I'm not saying us, but, you know, uh, I would say community-based yeah. union choreographer. Um, but if you walk into a set and the choreographer is now giving direction to your background performers, oh. that also now changes them into being a dancer role. And I believe it it changes their pay scale rate up. Yep, yep. That's a similar thing happens with just, I guess, the director. If they talk to the background actors, they get upgraded to more principal (laughs) roles. Yes. So, you know, this also is an interesting layer to having um, to, to, like, you know, I guess, guide through. Because if you don't know that, you could very well lead yourself into a production that's well over budget. Um, Even just a simple like, oh, grab that glass on this count and pass it off to your actor can really change the dynamic of the pay scale rate if especially if it's the choreographer coming up to so to the to the when you say actor. that are you saying so like there's always the choreographer on set yes there's uh sometimes the the uh consultant choreographer on set and then there can also be the i think there should be Yes, and then there's an assistant choreographer. So the assistant is the one who would go to talk to the, no. the background dancers? No. Uh, so, okay, the... so if you're, t- I'm talking background performers, so okay. background actors or non-dancers. Oh, I see. Okay, so yeah. non-dancers. Gotcha. So let's say we have a nightclub scene, yeah. okay, and you've got a, like, a ton of people because you're going to have to fill mm-hmm. that scene. So most likely you're going to have your background performers mm-hmm. as well as your dancers, your main dancers, and then your principal actors, yeah. your leads, your number ones. So if I needed, let's say, let's say we all need to wave our hands in the air. Maybe there's some dancers waving hands in the air. That would be different. But let's say your lead actor walks past at a certain count and let's say it's a part of the act and they walk past and they grab a drink from somebody else. And it's more of an acting side versus Mm -hmm. a movement side. I would never be able to say to that background actor in general, I can't talk to a background actor if I'm a union choreographer, because their pay scale goes up because I'm the choreographer and they're now considered to be a dancer. Yeah, role. part of the ensemble, I guess. Yes, yeah. exactly, part of the ensemble. So what ends up happening is your first AD yeah. has to go up. 
and has to start uh, giving your direction. Yep. For you. Now, hopefully your first AD knows something a little bit about counts and what's going on. Yeah. Now, I'm talking like non-dancers yeah. because we obviously want everyone to get fair pay yeah. because I think that that's super important no matter whether you're non-union or union, right? I think that fair pay is uh, an obby. Mm -hmm. We all want to be paid. Mm -hmm. We want to be paid for a passion, Definitely. right? And we do this. Generally, we start... <laughs> Because of passion, yep. but it has to lead to some sort of career yep. path yep. that you'd want to, you know, successfully go into. Yep. So and and hopefully retire from mm. and have benefits from. So I do think that, yeah. So you, you do kind of there is a pay scale rate that we want them to feel just as much. Yep. But I'm talking about dancers because I've been a trained dancer for, you know, my whole entire being. And so for somebody to have the same pay scale as as myself as a dancer would be like hey wait <laughs> like yeah. you know especially if they haven't put in that work and like there's put all in these the dedication. weeks yes and, i mean we yeah. we train like uh, I, when you're a child i think some dancers right now are training like 15 20 hours a week yeah you know, and they've been doing that since the age of like three, yeah. <laughs> right? Like myself, like we've been doing this since like the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's a hard, it's a hard one to figure out, especially as a choreographer on set while you're trying to uh, make all of those arrangements and everything to look exactly so seamlessly mm -hmm. um, to a beat and to music and hopefully with the actors and ensemble of dancers and then also your background. Uh, so, you know... That would be one area I find when non you walk on a non-union, um, that's one area where I feel very freeing. Yeah. Because no. there's not that written rule. No, definitely. It gives you... I I feel like on the non-union sets, the indie side of things, every time you're on set, they give you a lot more room to play with and it really breeds that creativity and the passion inside of you. Yeah, like teamwork. Yeah, yeah and it's it's highlighted because everyone's doing more than one role usually that it's like oh well like you help me out as soon as i'm in a pickle you're i'm gonna help you out uh one thing that i would love to ask you because uh you mentioned you go on to union sets when there's sometimes a union choreographer and you'll be on the uh consulting side of things how do you protect yourself in that setting because i know like the the union choreographer would have their union backing them and if anything went wrong it would be okay i have my guy in the corner. How do you protect yourself on set? Yeah, so um, I think that's one of the reasons why I started a career development program called Platform on Camera is to understand the industry a little bit better and have the knowledge because essentially every, even if you have an agent, even if you're part of a union, you still have to guide yourself through it. There's no written like straight line where you're like, oh, this person will protect me. This person has my best interest. Yes, we... We hope that that happens and we want that to happen. But I know that there's still unprotected stuff happening, mm -hmm. like even on, on a union set. So for me, business management is yeah. so important. You're your own manager. Mm -hmm. You're your own um, You're your own person. You're your own advocate. Yeah. And so knowing all of the knowledge behind it is super important when you're walking on set. For me, having an open communication right from the get-go is really um, important. Yeah. And having a good partnership with and teamwork. Like we just keep talking about teamwork. Yeah. I've worked on union sets where um, 
I've had beautiful teamwork. And I, okay, let's just put it this way. I come from a different generation. I'm an older generation where we weren't forced into the union. So for myself, having a career development program where I have a lot of non-union performers, for me, sometimes being able to be on set for these different projects that we work on is in my best interest to stay Mm non-union. I actually qualify for unionship. Mm I. But this is this is an interesting one. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go into this yeah. a little bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So I've actually been lead principal. I was Scooby Doo on Scooby Doo to Monsters Unleashed. My God, that was my favorite <laughs> show back in the day. Okay, I literally. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Yeah, usually I don't really say a yeah. lot about it, but um, I had a beautiful experience. Mm-hmm. I was a non-union dancer that got put into a lead principal role um, and, you know, had to work with amazing people like Peter Boyle, which he was like a legend of so many movies that he created. Um, um, even Anne, F- uh, Anne Fleming was our choreographer that now is like this amazing director, yeah. like killer Keep going. Keep going, Anne. Um, and we have... So, anyways, I walked on set. I didn't need to be a union member in order to be on a union set for such a feature film. And they had a bigger budget. I think they ended up making like 181 million point yeah. something. I think it's still growing. <laughs> yeah. Let's just face it. Um, every Christmas, people... I mean, every uh, Halloween, people are watching Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. And I, now I have, like, even students or, you know, because I still love to teach on my side time. I love teaching. Um, I think it's always interesting to keep growing with the next generation. Um, so, yeah, and they still keep going like, oh, I, I grew up watching you. Like, I had no idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, so it's it's awesome to, like, share, share the news that they have been with me for so long. Um, so, anyways, I was a non-union performer, worked on a union film, um, and we didn't get that call to be like, you have to turn union. I just paid my dues and kept going on. I got a big paycheck, and we just, you know, um, I still get my residuals. Mm-hmm. I get my residuals. I have friends on that set that were dancers that now get I think that's part of the obviously what we're striking about yeah. is the new the new residual amounts that are going through like bigger networks and like the Netflix streaming mm-hmm. lines or whatever. So I can I understand where everyone's coming from and I respectfully understand um because I do get a residual and I've seen where my friends have gotten like the two cent paychecks. Um and um luckily Luckily, I have not had to see one of those paychecks because that would have been heart-wrenching to see a two-cent paycheck. Yeah, it's because, like, when you (laughs) see it in the mail, you're like, oh, this is definitely a check, and you open it up, and you're like, it's not even worth me depositing this. (laughs) Two cents American. Two cents. Which is what Canadian, I don't know, we do our math. (laughs) Uh, It's like three and a half cents. uh. (laughs) (laughs) Still nothing. Um, But, you know, yeah, so, like, if it was streaming on, you know, all those platforms that are currently at, I understand why we would need to readjust, you know, the residuals that are coming in because they are streaming them. They are playing them. They're still doing with uh, the movie that I made, you know, now it's probably streaming quite frequently because I think it's now retro cool. Yeah. Right? So, so I was never, now, if I wanted to join the union, Mm -hmm. which I very well could if there was a production that was going on for like months on end well then obviously I would readjust my thoughts and we'd have to go there but because I work with uh, such a a youth development program that 
we specialize in career development where I take them on set, Mm -hmm. whether it be like the music video we just uh, finished with Lola Collette, um, beautiful artist. Talk about like... She's fantastic. She's amazing. (laughs) Breath of fresh air. (laughs) Well, and a true artist. Like going from producing her music, writing her music, I mean like... Uh, anything from sitting into all of the the business meetings that we had to produce this music video, being hands on, but also playing so many different music um, instruments to singing. All I mean, just I love like it gives me like chills when I meet a true artist. Yeah. And for me, being a true artist means that you can really do everything yeah. and not put a little box around yourself. Yes. So I know we were talking back to like, how do you manage your, <laughs> we're going in a full weird <laughs> circle here. No. Um, how do you manage yourself? Well, knowledge, mm-hmm. understanding it. If I wanted to join the union, I'd probably, we used to get these like little paper slips. And okay. so, okay. So, <laughs> so when you're on set, you'd fill it out. Then they give you like a receipt and you like, oh, those yes, little yes, paper yes. slips yep. saying that you worked on this project. Yeah. Well, I think the union, I, if, correct me if I'm wrong, because I've heard this on production, like, well, if you keep your little little receipt and show us that receipt of the productions you worked on, we may you may qualify for the union. Yeah. I was like... Yeah, that, that even happened with the DGC <laughs> when I uh, first was getting started. My boss was like, yeah, just keep all your paychecks. And I was like, but... The, the guys paying me know how much I got paid, right? <laughs> well, you would think there was a record in there yeah. somewhere, which I'm sure you... Uh, and then I've heard other people having to go yeah. back into their records and going through it. So if that happens, yeah. I'm sure the un- union be kind enough yeah. to accept me. I hope. Please, I, union, I, accept yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> UBCP, are you listening? No. Uh, if you're out there, if you're a real thing, if please. If you're a real thing, <laughs> awesome. please listen. Um, please accept me. So... Yeah, so if if that were to come into play, then I'd have to make that decision. Uh, I think I think guiding through the whole system, there's not just a right way or a wrong way. To be all honest, I think it's a personal way. Definitely. And I think like there used to be. Um, so I don't know if you know this about me, but I was an acting agent as well. No. <laughs> You're a woman of so many talents. <laughs> okay, so I used to. Um, uh, several years ago, yeah. and I'm not going to give away how many years ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, but I was in my younger 20s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think I was ready to sit at a desk full time. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I think when you're a creative human and you have creative flow, you need to release that, especially at a younger age. Yeah. Um, and ironically enough, when I started uh, being a talent agent, um, it, the, the, the whole system went on strike. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, yeah, where and are we like, seeing this happen? I think this is a good time to go back to being creative. Yeah. I was a really good agent. I really enjoyed it, but mm-hmm. I also really still wanted to be creative at the same time. Yeah. So I always knew I'd start a program like Platform on Camera mm-hmm. to help the next generation because I mm-hmm. found myself teaching in that position already. Yeah. Like every time I'd have a submission come through or an ill prepared submission come mm-hmm. through, I found myself in a teaching aspect because I really wanted to, I really want to help our Canadian artists out there. I really want to hype up our games. I really want us to like take the reins. Mm -hmm. And I know that we're going to have to encounter, we are encountering the strike and we're Mm -hmm. definitely on board with everybody across our borders and our community in itself because it's Mm -hmm. affecting us as well. And I can't like, it's affecting universally the world. Right. Mm -hmm. So 
But in a sense, it also gave us Canadians, especially even like when COVID happened and the border shut down, it really gave us a sense of like, oh, man, we can do this on our own and we will acknowledge the Canadian performers out there. And there's a lot of Canadian actors and dancers and performers of alike Mm -hmm. that got that opportunity that they never experienced before. And um, and then people were like, wow, we don't have to actually shop across any border in order to find this like high quality, you know, high quality performance level. Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. (laughs) That would have been really nice when I was younger. And we used to dance in the backgrounds a lot of times Mm. because they would just basically fly in all the L.A. artists or New York artists. They were beautiful dancers Mm -hmm. or talents or actors. Um, But it would have been nice to be able to give it a chance in my own backyard. Yeah. So when I always knew I'd start this whole realm of uh, career development when I was an agent. I knew back then that I wanted to do something. I just didn't want to start giving out information and not having any backbone to help guide them through the next phase. Because it's not like you can't just give a one-day workshop and go, Nia, you're ready to go, right? You have to go, okay, here's level one, here's level two, here's level three. Oh, wait, here's a full program. And now we've developed the the collective, which is like like like-minded creatives coming together to learn about the industry. And we have specialists of all kinds that come in on the weekly. So whether you're a producer, director, motion capture, producer, actor, uh, choreographer, movement director, uh, anything like that, I want to know who you are. I want to know your story. I want to know your journey because any information, especially as Canadian artists, that we can pass on to our next generation will only heighten our own games, will only give us the, the, the level of standard that we need in order to achieve Everything yeah. union or non-union based, because yeah. I think universally we're just we're just a creative definitely community. Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because what what I'm seeing in you is that you've always been a choreographer at heart. Like <laughs> even in your uh, agency work, you're choreographing these uh, uh, your artists to take them up to the next level. And one thing that we mentioned on some of my other episodes is that everyone in the film industry in any role is just trying to bring it up to the next level and what can they bring to it. And even when you're behind the camera and you're looking at your dancers, you're not only looking at your dancers, you're looking at your director, you're looking at your uh, other crew members to see what the emotions are that your dancers are evoking onto them, which I think is incredible. <laughs> Thank you. I, wow. That's so nice of you to say. <laughs> no, no, I, game well, recognized game. Wow. Wow. Okay. So... Word? That's so nice. No, that's okay. (laughs) But we have to quickly go for a break. And when we're back, we're going to talk more about the platform and the collective and how you're trying to bring this new generation uh, to the next level. Let's do it. Let's come back soon. Yes, we will. Awesome. And we're back on this half of the break episode, this half of the episode with Brianna and Carl. So before we were talking about you just started this new collective and this uh, this platform uh, to, to cultivate new artists. Can you yeah. I mean, go a little bit more? What, what led you to create this? Okay, so... This is way back. I actually have been asked to do industry chats throughout my whole career because mm-hmm. I have a background as an acting agent. So I've been sitting in those casting little areas where um, those dinners, those endless dinners of, you know, trying to persuade the, the casting to, you know, get your clients on there. Mm-hmm. And I actually was doing really well. I was a really good agent. I think I was just not done by being creative. But like I said, 
So once I kind of went back into the scene, um, I've always been asked to do these industry chats, but never wanted to just give out information and let people just go off to their own devices. Mm -hmm. I really wanted to help make a change. Yeah. And I knew I would do it, but just at the right time. I think sometimes when you're offering mentorships to other people, you almost have to be done your own Mm -hmm. career in a sense Mm -hmm. in order to help others. Because I think that there's... Sometimes you can selfishly try to help others, but then you selfishly want that job yourself. So you're just trying to go after it. So it doesn't really help in this case. Mm -hmm. For me, I'm cool with just taking the back seat, sitting behind the scenes a bit, offering that support to others. And I'm confident this where I'm at in life, Mm -hmm. right? So the pandemic hit. Yes. Everyone had a moment. And including myself. And I had a moment and I was like, you know, Now's the time. Mm -hmm. Now is the time. Now's the time everybody's listening. Now's the time everybody can actually sit and learn and and re-change. Now, training we've always had as dancers or as as actors, but actually like knowledge and understanding the career, how to go from like a pre-professional to a professional is an interesting journey in itself. Mm -hmm. And we'd always get like, I remember getting these like ill, uh, like ill, I guess I would say, not up to standard um, submissions when I was an agent. And I always look at these and um, actually I was kind of horrified by a lot of them. I used to get even just like uh, children in bikinis, like taking Mm -hmm. pictures where they'd have this full production of packaging and sending it off to me to a stranger. Mm -hmm. And so I used to find myself always calling up the families and being like, Sure. Hey, okay, so I'm not accepting your child into the agency, but I also just wanted to clarify a few things, that these are kind of inappropriate, and where are you buying these, and why are you buying these, <laughs> this packaging? And I always found myself kind of in this, like, nurturing kind of yeah. moment where I wanted to honestly just help. Yeah, the protective side. And the protective side, right? Like, I just really was, like, horrified that somebody would even, um, and, they, and they spent, like, I mean, back then even it was, like, this is like, okay, I'm going to say it. It was almost like 20 years ago. And this was like uh, thousands of dollars that these families would be putting out. And I was like, no, please don't do that. Okay, I'm going to help you. Yeah. I'm going to show you what you need. And then just like, you know, I won't be accepting your your child, but I just wanted you to know. No. So no. please stop doing this yeah. and because I'm a stranger. Mm-hmm. So anyways, then when the pandemic hit, I literally knew right then and there, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. Because the, like, we know that Vancouver was the first one to really open up in the industry and to continue on filming. Um, and also gave us like a huge win um, on our Canadian talent side to actually like have an opportunity where productions were willing to give us the chance. Yeah. My fear was this. My fear was that we were going to get that opportunity as Canadian artists, yeah, but no then we just ready. not, no one would be ready. Yeah. No one was ready yeah. and no one is currently, yeah. there's a lot of people starting to become ready, but still don't have that knowledge to understand exactly why casting would want certain things or why the production is asking for certain layers or what headshots you actually need, what headshots you probably don't need. Yeah. You're just like creatively doing it for yourself and what, how much to spend and where, because we know living even in Vancouver or in Canada in general, how expensive it is right now. And just in the world in itself is expensive, but Vancouver especially. 100%. So, you know, I wanted to offer something that was affordable, mm-hmm. um, that drove the message directly mm-hmm. and um, helped 
manage them in a sense without being a manager. Yeah. Because we don't have managers. We have agents. And the poor agents right now are seeing so many, especially during the pandemic. I can't even imagine because I imagine the submissions rolling in in the morning and you're like feeling overwhelmed by all this like details you have to get out there. And I feel for them. I feel for them because they don't have time to teach you, nor is it their job to teach you how to do your job. You're supposed to walk in as a professional. But then who teaches you how to become a professional? 100%. Right. And so especially in the dance community, I noticed it a lot where they would graduate and then they would go to another training program or whatever um, and then and then try to get an agent. But their submission packaging was just all kind of wrong Mm. uh, as far as what you would actually need and why you would need it. But becoming coming from my acting agency background, I knew exactly what they needed. I started platform on camera. I got it all together in two weeks. I posted it. And sold out in a day. Wow. Yeah. And and when you say like you sold out, so I'm taking it like you had. A well, one day workshop. One I, day workshop. I literally was like, what's the closest area in my community? Mm-hmm. And uh, we currently run out of Evergreen Cultural Center and yeah. in, in, um, Coquitlam. Yeah. Um, it had everything that we needed out of it. And I also found that, you know, being based kind of in the middle of not only just downtown, but also on the outskirts, because there's a lot of performers that live elsewhere. Because let's yeah, face it, it was expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's so expensive to live some places, especially in the hubs of the cities. So I knew that I wanted to find something a little bit medium so that people could travel and actually come mm-hmm. and enjoy a moment. I actually wanted to celebrate our community and show them that we didn't have to compete against one yeah. another, that it could be something that could be more like celebrated as a community um, and and a supportive system mm-hmm. where you could come in, kind of tell all your problems and be like, how do I do this? Yeah. So I sold out with a one-day workshop. I created a level system. Yeah. Uh, where you would come in and your level system was not based on talent. It was mm-hmm. based on knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you'd come in and you be, and you would learn, you know, um, you get a previs of kind of like what you would get uh, as an audition. So we do everything audition-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and also I'd offer demo footage to um, uh, filming. So we would have an industry chat or have an um, acting 101, especially for the dancers, yeah. having like a 101, how to, how, the how, the where's, the why's, and the who's. This is so important to uh, be able to manipulate your acting performance into your dancing as well, because it's not just the dance that they need. It. Well, they need the facial expressions. Uh, we've been actors our whole <laughs> lives, but just not know it. Yeah. We've been using our body as a tool, and we've been organically acting. Now we just need to verbalize it, because if we did that, and then also out of the singing, I mean, you know, you're a triple threat. Mm-hmm. So we have all the tools. We just don't realize that we have all the tools. We have like the breath, the beat. We have timing. We have direction. Dancers are an incredible use if they know how to use it properly. Mm -hmm. Um, So, and especially even in motion capture, I mean, we're like, (laughs) we're it for motion capture as besides the stunting community. But even the stunting community, like Michelle C. Smith started as a dancer baton twirler. And for anyone who doesn't know what motion capture is, that would be... Okay. Well, okay. So motion capture is where you basically they animate on top of your body. And so anything that and a lot of feature films and um, the industry uses motion capture, you'd be surprised of like 
practically everything. Yeah. And most of your shows and stuff will have a one form or another of motion capture in it. Yeah. Um, for me, doing Scooby-Doo, I had a little bit of an interesting different way of doing animation mm -hmm. because it was actually my body, yeah. but they animated his face on top of mine. I was actually probably more like the neck of Scooby-Doo, but that was, right. let's not get into that. <laughs> Um, and, and so, but it was all me. And so I think when, and, and one of the things where we, what we do now, so, um, is we offer different courses or different workshops such as motion capture mm -hmm. and different partnerships with motion capture studios so that we can go in and actually see the environment, learn mm -hmm. about it, um, meet the people doing it because I want to know their story too. Definitely. I want to know everybody. How did you get there? Yeah. I think it takes a really good performer to understand all the layers of walking in, especially as choreographers, because we're talking about choreographers mm -hmm. too. If you can walk in on set and you know the roles of every single layer to how the feature film or TV series or whatever music video, doesn't matter, all the cast and crew works, you're winning. Mm -hmm. You're winning majorly because not only that, you're going to speak their language and you're going to know how to, especially even as a director, know how to guide your particular crew the way they need to be guided. Mm -hmm. And it's going to take you less time and less money because time is money. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Right? <laughs> and uh, it's going to take you less time to get through all the layers if you can actually, like, you know, um, talk through everything at a rapid pace. Mm -hmm. So knowing like I, so we started off as, so Platform and Camera started off as a level system one day workshops. Yeah. But I, I, what we noticed was everyone kept coming back. It didn't matter what level that they were on. They were like, okay, so now what? So now what? <laughs> so now what? Okay, I did that. Yeah, uh, and it was like what? a six hour, I thought it was like, oh, let's do a six hour day. And we've got demo footage uh, footage where they're filming mm -hmm. individually to build their like demo reels because that's super important mm -hmm. to me. Um, and then also we had the layers of different classes that are involved within that day. Yeah. And they just kept coming back. So in a sense, our creatives, our community told me what we else, what else yeah. we needed was the collective. Yeah. And so... Um, Co-director of uh, the collective, Christian Legacy, and myself, we um, came up with this program that is um, not only cost-effective, but time-effective. Uh, once uh, every Sunday for three and a half hours, we come in as a community mm -hmm. and we learn about everything about the industry. So we have different um, workshops and different guests of all sorts of industry specialists come in on the weekly and mm -hmm. teach us about different layers of the industry. So I know that our performers walking in are probably all professional dancers mm -hmm. at this point. So I'm not going to train them in dancing. What I am going to train them in is how to manage themselves, mm -hmm. how to where, why, and how, and what. And if maybe there's an opportunity to put them on set, even as a PA or as an mm -hmm. art department, I would love to do that as well. Yeah, just because, so they get that background knowledge of how it all, all operates. Well, you have more respect. Yeah. You just have more respect for the whole process. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes as performers, <laughs> I, I know that you may not know this, but we just think of it all about us. <laughs> no. Yeah, I know. It's really strange. Mind-boggling. No. Mind-boggling. No. I'm like, yeah. So when you, so when you walk on set yeah. and you have a better understanding of all the people mm -hmm. and the layers that are supporting you, because it's not just about you standing in front of the camera. Mm -hmm. There's so much more, and there's so much more effort. I've had just another person 
One of our collective members just walked off set from a feature film as a PA, and she had said, I had no idea the magnitude of work that goes in. And I said, won't you be so much more appreciative Mm -hmm. when you walk on that set and you're like, thank you for doing your job and making me look amazing. Because it really does take a community. So. Yeah, as we started this, and now we're in our we, every term we do like September to January, or we go, or sorry, September to December, or mm-hmm. January to like let's say end of May. Um, we now have like over forty collective members, it's and incredible. they yeah, it's really incredible, and um, they keep coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and they don't. They, <laughs> we can't get rid of them. We they, can't get rid of them. And, they and pre book like, and everything. And, like gladly, and so yeah. we help support them on getting an agent. Yeah. We help supporting them on their first mm-hmm. on like we've done their first on set experience. Mm-hmm. Whether that is like we did a pilot pitch for Crawford Filmworks, which mm-hmm. was really cool because they got to play so many different roles in that. Um, you know, and then there. Uh, we just finished a music video with Lola Colette, like I had said. And that was just an amazing experience, being able to be the first one to take them on set to show mm-hmm. them how it's supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So that when they do walk on that set and maybe there's a red flag that comes up or something that's like mm-hmm. just a little bit different. Or maybe there's a safety hazard that they're like, this isn't right. They'll mm-hmm. already have known those steps in order to understand what's proper and what's not proper mm-hmm. and so teaching them on set etiquette is also another yeah. thing you know just to know yeah. you you don't overstep certain boundaries of who is which and which department yeah. so i think overall learning that before even getting into an agent so that mm-hmm. you're prepared so you support your agent mm-hmm. is another thing we also have people that have that have full agents that are still with us mm-hmm. because they're like, well, we start to really dive into the industry and we understand and get to learn and actually get to network at your workshops and yeah. meet all these cool people that we didn't have access to. Definitely. So rounding this all off, I could relate this back to choreography by saying, would it be right in saying that you're sort of like the production manager or the producer for all of your dancers that you bring in? into your workshop and you're showcasing them the industry you're there and also a way in like their ad you're protecting them from the outside world of this industry as well my question for you would be if i am a new dancer and i want to get into film or i'm seeing like oh there's this amazing person behind the camera that's directing this ensemble how what steps would i take to get into the industry as a choreographer or just a, a dancer. And in a way, I think you answered it by the best way if you're in BC is to go to platform to learn all this stuff. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying, like, if you really want to understand yeah. about the industry, come see us. Yeah. I, I really do mean that. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't charge an exceptional amount mm-hmm. for, I think we charge really less than what we should be, Probably. to be all honest. Yeah, you're getting and all for of what those. we get all of uh, and the access of yeah. the places and the production studios mm-hmm. that we're going to. Um, but, I think for me, knowing, like, I came from a humble background. Mm -hmm. I've done everything, you know, by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't have the rich family to, like, support me along the way. I've really had to grind from the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so I understand that, like, kind of passion-driven grind. And I really respect others that do it. We offer scholarships. Mm -hmm. It's really important for me, every platform on camera, whether it's a one-day workshop or whether it's our career development program, we offer 
scholarships. Uh, currently, we have about five different scholarships within our collective alone. Sure. And I think that's super important to support the next generation of maybe they have something that's je ne sais quoi that no one else has seen, mm-hmm. but they just haven't had that opportunity or the financial opportunity to yeah, gain. Showcase. Yes. And I remember having to do that, like try to figure my way out. Mm-hmm. You know, so if I can support anybody and especially our Canadians that like need it the most, I would love the opportunity to help. Um, How do they get started? Well, I would say, you know, I never had social media. I never had that. I would feel so uh, grateful if somebody were just to say thank you for that workshop that you did today or thank you for that class that you shared with us or, you know, little thank yous out there or recognition of somebody goes a mile away. And then maybe you could say, hey, I'm curious about this. Yeah. You know, and I would say if you can see, I always, if you know your goal, because a lot of times, uh, Young performers don't understand the direction that they want to go into. We're kind of this creative tree in a sense. We start maybe as a dancer and then our creative tree grows, maybe Mm -hmm. become actors, maybe become directors, maybe we are entertainment lawyers. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Because we need those and they'll probably make more money. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Um, But... But, you know, there's so many different avenues. There's marketing. That's still a creative flow, right? So I think that if you can see in whatever chapter you're in in your life and you can say, okay, that person, I would really like to know how they got there. Mm-hmm. Go look it up. Yeah. Go look it up. Let's talk about their background. Let's figure out where they came from and how they got there. Maybe there's a connection there. Maybe there's some research that you need to do on your own and it doesn't require yeah. you to actually sit in a classroom to do that. No, that's uh, one thing that has been mentioned a lot. It, we're in a community-based environment, yeah. so that means you have to try to be part of the community itself. And yeah. that also means you need to put in that little bit of extra effort to go and find out who the community is that you want to get a part Yeah, of. and I think it, it goes, even if you're like uh, with um, a talent agent, you're represented by one of the, the I don't even, the tops or something mm-hmm. like that, right? I think it doesn't even matter. You still have to do your work as a performer. You still have to be in the scene. You still have to know what's going on. Mm-hmm. The the um, industry changes like literally weekly right now. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Especially <laughs> it, COVID, then and strikes. And... Adaptability <laughs> is going to be your friend. Yep. Adaptability. I mean, especially I, I adaptability, adaptability on set because everything's always changing. Everything's always changing. <laughs> Budget changes in yeah. a day too. Yeah. So some days they're like, we have a we have all the budget in the world. And all of a sudden they were like, ah, guess what? <laughs> we broke a we lens. We <laughs> did not get the budget we needed. Yeah. And so now there's some some adjustments. Yeah. You have to be willing to make those adjustments. So I think if you're thinking of everything being perfect, mm-hmm. it's not going to be. So that actually brings me to an interesting segue and something that I'd love to talk to uh, my guests is the mental health in the industry. And how do you deal with potentially like defeat in those areas? If you expect you put all this expectation on yourself and maybe you didn't get that outcome, specifically more with the choreography and the dance side of things, what mental health things might arise and how do you deal with them? Yeah, I think as especially with dancers, we're trained to be perfect. Yeah. Right. And so we always think we're striving for perfection, uh, which is insane because mm-hmm. that's not even a thing. No, <laughs> it's really not. Um, you're going to hear more no's than you're going to hear yeses. And we know that. 
and people say that all the time, but yeah. it's very true. Mm-hmm. And it's really heart-wrenching when you think that you're always doing such a good job. And especially for dancers, we always think that we are going to nail everything. We're going to be perfect at it. And when yeah. we're not, we feel defeated. Instead of being like, hey, I just tried that. How cool is that? 100%. So uh, for me, I always like to put our people, our creatives, as I call them, mm-hmm. in kind of like not an uncomfortable position, but we do it as a team. I jump in those classes too. Like I don't, I am not in the stunt community. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I will participate on anything, whether it's, you know, weaponry or something like that, which yeah. is kind of cool. Um, I just participate with them to show them like it's okay even at my age or even as a, you know, uh, a mature performer, let's say, um, to try something new and not to be successful at it. Now, that's one kind of mental state that we have to get past Mm -hmm. is not being perfect at everything. That's okay. So another thing that I find that people either excel at also or kind of take it the wrong way is that everyone thinks it's like, oh, we need to train. Everything needs to be training, training, training. We have to eat, eat, live, breathe this process of our lives. But we know as creative flowing humans, if you release all your creative flow all the time, you run out of steam. 100%. Yeah, Yeah, that's really true. Right? And so that also brings you into a different state because you're not going to be passionate or loving your job if your creative flow is at a minimum. So... It's super important for me, especially when I developed um, the collective, that it wasn't going to take up 20 hours a week of your life. It was only going to take three and a half hours of your week unless we're doing a project like a music video or something like that, which would require shoot days. Mm -hmm. But if you are training... 10, five hours, you're going every day, you're training, you're going to this acting class, and then you're going to uh, going to your singing, then you're going into your dance classes. And a lot of dancers train like exponentially amounts of time, which is really hard on your body. Yeah, because it'd be the emotional fatigue as it's well as the physical, physical. fatigue that you're Yes. <laughs> so then, you know, if, if your studio, like you've been raised at three years old to like when you graduate in grade 12, if your studio has not done a good, in an, uh, as a, a good enough job like to raise you, like, I mean, let's face it, we, our studios are doing an amazing job. Yeah. They're teaching you how to build those tools. Then from there, I understand training further because I do believe in training. Mm-hmm. But there's a right way to train and a wrong way to train where you lose your stamina and flow yeah. and also your fatigue, right, uh, comes into play. Mm-hmm. So that ultimately will lead you to being mentally not present. What ways can you combat that? Or what ways if you someone's dealing with that would you recommend to- so realistically put a schedule together that you know will work and that will lo- like work uh longevity sake mm-hmm. right we're all um guilty myself included pushing the boundaries of how many hours we work a day mm-hmm. and what what our day looks like do we have a portion of that where we're actually connecting with friends and family do we actually have a moment of that where we're physically doing something whether um people always think like for physicality you need um to do every day should be something like running or whatever. But actually, if you were to take one moment and just even do a meditation Mm -hmm. system, you'd probably feel just as rejuvenated as doing something physical. So if you know that one day is physical, then maybe the next day is not as physical. Mm -hmm. 
uh, and you got to balance it out. Yeah. And everybody is different. That's the beautiful thing about us. Yeah. That's the beautiful thing about life is yeah. everyone's uniquely different. Yeah. And I know what will work for my husband may not work for myself. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to compare myself to my husband, even though he's a beast in the gym. Mm -hmm. And I try to outdo, I try. <laughs> like, I'll lift more than him today. I will try my hardest, but let's face yeah. it. You know, like I know where I, my yeah. limits are. Mm -hmm. And so you have to just know who you are and what your limits are. And that's okay. So just you have to accept yourself for who you are and what your limits are. And if you know you need an extra moment in the morning to preset before going on set so that you do your job right, mm -hmm. take that extra moment and preset maybe even the night before. Mm -hmm. And then allow yourself that extra moment in the morning. But, you know, like just take the time. So take more time. I... Would love to ask you as well, what do you do if you see one of your dancers aren't doing that well while you're on set? Is is there, a, like, I am sure because you're naturally always looking at them, there will be moments that it's like, well, I know there's there's something up and it's it's not like you're dancing, you're just not at your peak right now. What What would you do in that scenario? Yeah, I mean, I love checking in with everybody. I want to know how they're doing. And if I see something out of the ordinary, you know, because you know people's personality, especially if you get to know them, we get to know our people quite honestly one-on-one uh, -on -one, because we do one-on-one -on -one virtually as well, but also one-on-one -on -one in the classroom. But for me, I'll notice right away if yeah. somebody's like quiet and they're not normally a quiet yeah. person. And I think that's important for our friends to do. And, you know, we have... We have a system where we like to celebrate everyone. So whether that's a win on booking with an agent, like yeah. signing with an agent or booking a job, we always post in our private group chats being like celebrating this person today yeah. or maybe there's a celebration of different kinds that we yeah. celebrate them for. So on set, I will definitely be scanning the room. And I, I'm, I, my spidey senses go up, yeah. to be <laughs> honest. Um, that's just not naturally normally. I'm a good... Uh, read of character, uh, hopefully. No, no, I, I think you are. <laughs> I've seen you work on set. Uh, okay, good. <laughs> yeah. um, but, you know, I definitely want to, I'll definitely take them aside and check yeah. in and be like, how are you? Like, how are you today? Yeah. And I mean, people's nerves get all over the place and people get nervous in different aspects, especially on set and especially mm -hmm. in the morning. You'll notice everybody's energy <laughs> different shift. Different energy, yeah. <laughs> but for me, I love bringing a group together and being like, come on, guys, like, let's do it. Like, I try to team up and yeah. I try to build. And sometimes I will even get them to, um, you know, like, let's give a little like, like a shout out mm -hmm. or anything to break that tension in the yeah. air, yeah. I think is really important. Yeah, it's to really and, bring that liveliness to that. Well, and not only that, but it brings a team together yeah. because I think that if you have an onset environment where you're not building that team effort, there's a disconnect on your mm -hmm. set and your project will reflect that. Yeah. It will reflect it. So it's really important that you go in and you chime in. I think as a director too, it's really important to chime in to all your people and to really get that sense of, um, I worked with a director once that, um, that really knew how to make everybody feel important, mm -hmm. no matter what level that they were on. And it doesn't matter if you're the background performer, it doesn't matter if you're the PA for the day, locations, doesn't matter whatever area you are, uh, made that person feel super important. And 
That's a really beautiful trait when you have that on set. It's a magical, magical trait. And another magical trait that I found is having diversity. Definitely. Uh, I've seen I've seen sets where there's um, let's say a large perfor- uh, portion of it is male dominant. Mm-hmm. That can really shift your project when yeah. you have that much testosterone or whatever doesn't even matter going on. And there's a game going on. And, and- there's a game going on. No, I don't even mean it uh, in that retrospect, but no. it, there really is. No, no. So definitely. if you can have a wide variety of humans, just beautiful humans, mm-hmm. I think that your production will reflect that and the energy in the space will reflect it as well. You know that whatever you project out there in the universe, you get in return. Yeah. And especially on camera, if you're if you're trying to achieve a magical moment or a beautiful emotional moment, you all have to be in it, yeah. including your crew. No, certainly. Because that's, uh, I mean... It- it's a big part of my role of like, oh, we're in a really an emotional scene and you guys are cackling in the background over here. And it's it's that aura that the crew is also giving to the ensemble or the actors that are on set there. It's huge. Yeah. It actually makes or break a production, in my opinion, when everybody's off. So if somebody is off, I want to know right away. Definitely. And I want to be able to like make light of it and actually rally the team together. Yeah. And it would be, it's really great when you can sit around, uh, especially with a group of humans. And we do this quite often as we do goal um, setting and we, you know, do it not only individually, but as a group. We do our regular, like, build how to build a cover letter, resume building. I mean, there's, like, multiple layers. But if we're talking about mental health and actually sitting down and actually hearing, it's great to be able to sit down with all like-minded creatives, Mm -hmm. sitting down and reflecting on what they go through on a daily and to what their fears or goals and aspirations are. Because it's something that like you don't usually check in for your individual. So it's nice to hear that you're able to do that for, and bring it out of them in a group setting well, as well. Well, it's just nice to know that yeah. other people think the way that you are <laughs> thinking. Yeah. Like, I'm struggling with this. Is anybody yeah. else struggling with it? Yeah. And when, you know, 10 other hands raise their hand and go, yeah, yeah. tell oh. me more about this because I need to figure my life out. Mm-hmm. It's just really nice to know that you're not the only one in the room thinking that. And that feeling that way. So I think when you're an, a new artist trying to figure your way out and you're kind of going through the chains of events and you don't have a community support to really like sit down and talk about these things with, mm-hmm. it's got to be really hard. And I know it because I went through it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I mean, I'm doing everything that I would have wanted to have had mm-hmm. when I was younger. Yeah. That's That's the simplest form of what we're doing. I'm offering anything I would have wanted as a young performer growing yeah. up in the city. Yeah, definitely. So uh, we're on to the section where I'm going to ask you a quick fire questions. Um, and these oh, are cool. sent in from different people that uh, I've asked on Instagram or listened to our show. So let us get let us begin. Oh. First one is what is it like being a woman in the industry and what struggles do you tend to face? Oh, geez. Um, how long do we have? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, okay. So, I need another hour. No, I, like I said, I mean, the percentage of women on set versus, I would say, male presenting are, um, you know, it's it's few. Yes. Um, majority of the, the beautiful female presenting that I have seen on set um, are forces mm-hmm. and are amazing forces. Um, one of the struggles is m- I could say something in the room, but my mm-hmm. voice not will sometimes not be heard. Mm-hmm. I had it where I helped fix a scene one time 
and it wasn't really my area, but I was like, I've got a solution. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden somebody chimed in when it worked, chimed in and said, oh, I'm so glad I came up with that. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. (laughs) Wait a second. (laughs) And, you know, and luckily I had supporters on my side that went, scrooch. No, actually, she. (laughs) And so that happens quite often. I'd like to say it doesn't, but it does. I've been introduced to people as, hi, you know, um, I'm Brianna English uh, platform on camera. And they've looked at the person, the male person beside me and saying, I love what you're doing with platform on camera. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'd like to say that we're we're getting there because we definitely are. But don't don't be fooled. Women are oh, powerful yeah. humans. We can we can do a lot of things. So I think there's Definitely. still more to learn. Plus, just being a human, whether that's any kind of I I don't any retrospect anybody in the in the world doing what they love to do as long as you're passionate and good at what you do I think is great but it definitely needs to be a shift definitely I think there needs to be I, a, I think we're slowly getting there but the respect isn't still fully given both ways yeah yeah the but, respect isn't given full ways and pay rate isn't and, yeah. given full both ways so I think that yeah we just need to be better yeah we need to be better yeah no, and uh, with our new generations, I'm hoping that we can be. Oh, our new generation <laughs> is sick. They're great. They love, I mean, the, I love our next yeah. generation. Yeah. They don't care whether you're blue, black, yeah. purple, or green. Yeah. yeah. If you're good at what you do and you're a kind human, yeah. they're awesome. No. The only well, the only thing that I think that our uh, new generation needs to push forward more mm-hmm. is actually like grinding. Yeah. Do the grind. You have to do the grind. It's not just going to come on a trending factor. No. It You just have to do the grind along with being a good human. Yeah. No. And uh, when those two merge, it's going to be an amazing uh, industry. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. Question. Next question. Uh, what's it like working with a union choreographer and how do you usually have uh, and do you usually have a lot of time to prep with them? So because you mentioned that uh, you're doing your when you work in the union. um they'll bring on someone from the union and someone not from the union. Uh, How does that work? Yeah, okay. So I worked on a feature film as a movement consultant, Mm -hmm. um, but they actually needed a South Asian um, cultural dancing side and they needed um, more of the LGBTQA um, whacking voguing side. Mm -hmm. So with those two marriages, we... The union currently didn't have, um, in my opinion, didn't have anybody to represent the South Asian side. So I suggested this non-union choreographer. Mm-hmm. And I can't really go dive too deep into this because it's not, it's an unreleased um, feature film. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, having to balance the both of the worlds out and to ensuring that both are heard Mm -hmm. is super important. Definitely. And I think to invite more diversity within the union, you're going to need to accept more non-union members into the union. Mm -hmm. It's a simple fact, right? But there's a fine line because as performers, we want to be able to build our credits for as long as possible and about what is it like 85, 90, I don't know. It's a high percentage of commercials are non-union and 
Do you know the percentage? No, I have oh, no I idea. Was gonna, I, I thought you were going to chime in and be like, I know, it's 89.5. No, but I, I would say that uh, like with every union, I think there needs to be more recognition of allowing more indie projects to be had by the members because that's a big thing that's not allowing people into the union. They're like, well, I can't do my commercial work. Uh, I can't do this music video that I really want to be a part of because fear of you're going to kick me out of the union. Yeah, it builds this, like, and then there's not enough union jobs currently to support. So that's a problem. So it's like, you let's say, let's say for instance, we just had um, uh, Greece Rise of the Pink Ladies, right? So majority of the dancers had to transition into union mm-hmm. in order to be a part. Well, I think it was all of the dancers had to be unionized for that um for that particular production. But now let's say that is your first job. Let's say that's your first job you get, you know, and you have to break into the union, you have to be unionized. Um, if that's your first job and you're an ensemble performer, so mm-hmm. like you're not a number one, let's say you're just an ensemble. Now to build your credits is going to be exceptionally hard now because you have all of these, let's say, non-union commercials. Which ideally, when I was an agent, I'd want all of my like, um, I'd want all of my clients to build their non-union commercial side first, so yeah. that they have like a higher roster of like credits underneath their name, and then move into the union yeah. for film and television side. But that's not happening. They're trying to help us get into the union right away but then now now you have one credit now you're sitting on this one credit and no one is willing to take a chance on you because they they only say you've done one thing that's right so these bigger productions are going to come into play and then go well what have they done no they're not qualified well that's the unfortunate part so now they're leading in this teetering weird Mm -hmm. area where you can't work non-union jobs to get your credits Mm -hmm. but you also have to stay union and be responsible human and be honoring your union How do you make a living? No. How do you make a living and pay your dues? That's the big question. (laughs) That's the big question of the day. So if there was some leniency, Mm -hmm. depending on how many credits, maybe there's some like uh, based on your amount of credits. Maybe there's Mm -hmm. some sort of like. Yeah. Once you're a continuous booker, then you can't. When you're a continuous, like you're on every, you know, TV film. Um, you know, feature film or TV series out there. Great. That's awesome. And there's very few Canadians out there that are no. doing that <laughs> consistently, but good on them because I ugh, cheering yeah. you on, like keep <laughs> you going. <made> it. <laughs> well, and a lot of my, a lot of my friends have had to move to the States in order to be recognized in LA first or New York first, and then move back and be like, I'm an actor. Yeah. And then they're like, here, now you can have your own TV series. No. But it's silly because we have yeah, just as much. We're here. <laughs> we're here. Like we're already here. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that, you know, trying to find that balance and i i don't even know where we started with the question but we just keep going on these union um and non-union rants but i do think there's a positive with being in a union ship Mm -hmm. and i do think that there's also a positive of being a non-union definitely so there's different and it's each to his own Uh, um do i wish all jobs were unionized 100 with like high budgets absolutely (laughs) that would be the dream (laughs) if everyone could give me a million dollars i would love that Let's go, right? Um, you know, but there's this little area where you have to start out and find when when it's right for you. And you have to talk to your agent and make sure that they know when it's right for you yep. to start. And and obviously, if you're going to get something like a Grease Rise of the Pink Ladies, of yep. course, you're going to want to take it. Yep. And then you're like, now it's not gone into a second season. Now what are we going to do? Yep. Yeah, because you always got to plan ahead for the future. You, the job you're on is only current for so long. 
Right. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, when you're on set and you have to, obviously, there's so many factors here. There's so many factors here. Uh, if somebody came to me and offered me a bigger job, well, of course, I'd go union. Yeah. I have no problem with that because I definitely think like having an RSVP or uh, uh, and, um, you know, having the contractual arrangements yeah. already preset and having that backbone and that foundation mm -hmm. is like a beautiful thing. Yeah. And having the having somebody to protect you. Yeah. For our non-union members, I mean, even for our collective program or um, the platform members that we have, if there's a project that comes up and they're they are being hired for something non-union, mm -hmm. I am I'm no shame calling about people and saying, hey, you know, and doing my own due diligence for them. Yeah, no, because no one is representing them and so i just don't want to see anybody in a problem yeah you know so i usually will do that out of my kindness of my heart i i don't ever charge anyone to do that and i just honestly want them to succeed so if someone is watching this and they want to find where <laughs> is brianna located where can we find you where is the platform plug it all uh we'll put it onto our screen and then what i would also love to do is do you have a, a reel that you would like us to put at the end of the video for you so that they can watch through it as well? Oh, cool. Um, I mean, I have a promo video for Platform on Camera that I can show you as well. Perfect. Um, but yeah, you can go to platformoncamera.com. Yeah. Um, and then also on IG, we are the original platform. Perfect. I just thought well, that was cooler. No, I love it. And what, <laughs> what's your email address in case uh, someone wants to reach out to you directly? Oh, yeah. It's uh, platform at gmail.com. Perfect. Awesome. Sorry, well, we'll I'm going to say that again. It's platform on camera at gmail.com. <laughs> no, no worries. We'll put it all down. We'll get the wording right and then people can go straight to I mean, you could always me. go to Brianna English underscore choreo and that's also my IG. That's my personal. So there's so many ways to get a hold of us. Yeah. Please get a hold of us. Yeah. I, we want to help any of the Canadians out there. And to be honest, doesn't matter if you're now in a smaller town or in the bigger city. There's opportunities for Canadians in every city. And I don't I don't say that lightly. I think more now than ever, all your smaller communities within Canada, mm -hmm. please reach out to us. That's we right. want to support you because we know that productions are starting to come your way. Yeah. They get tax benefits for coming your way. And we want to help you yeah. understand it before you walk into it. We want yeah. you to accelerate at a faster pace and be... Um, you know, true to your creative flow. Definitely. Awesome. That's amazingly said. Amazingly ah. said. Yeah. No. That's, <laughs> well, we've you. been talking yeah. for so long, the tongue kind of gets yeah. tied eventually, right? <laughs> Definitely. Well, Carl, thank you so much for coming on with us today. I am so thankful that you requested of me. That's so nice of no, you. I, and honestly, we just, you're just a joy. I could sit and talk for with you for hours. I love that. Thank you so Next much. Time. Yes, yes. I will be coming onto platform and giving a little AD direction. Absolutely. Oh. Any any of those performers that want to come and yeah. uh, join us, we're an open yeah. door. We'd love to hear your story. We want uh, we want to uh, meet you. Yeah. We want to meet you. We want to know your journey and uh, how we can all kind of as a community come together and support one another. So if you have pro you have a project yeah. that you need dancers on. Yeah. We got you. And if uh, vice versa, if we need, you know, some extra crew, right. then then it's a nice trade-off. Definitely. I love that. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Rihanna. I really appreciate your time. Yeah. <laughs> we did it. We did it. Oh. <laughs>